live from Flamingo in Paradise, it's Cofield and Company from Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. We're very much a pro-chicken finger show. I'm trying to deliver a serious message. Just listen. You're not going to like him when he's angry. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Thursday. You know it. You love it. Silver 7s is the site. we got a ton of sports action that you can watch down here today right near the uh, William Hill Sportsbook. We'll get to some of the numbers on the games, courtesy of Will Hill, in just a little bit. Two bars to hang at, the Corona Cantina and also the Silver and Gold with a 277 drink special during happy hour. That starts up at 3 o'clock. Beers, margaritas, well drinks, shots. Just ask your bartender. They'll fill you in. And we're all set on a busy sports Thursday. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota Studios. And Angel is helping out down here at Silver 7s. If you don't know where it is, Flamingo and Paradise. Trending at 2, we will get to Vegas Golden Knights and the game last night. A little later in the show. We'll also get you some primers on the fight event in town this weekend and some of the storylines around and away from the event. But I'm going to start out with the UNLV basketball game last night. Man, oh, man. This has been a season. They suffered a big injury with Marvin Coleman early on. They had the 33-day layoff. And they simply have not been able to recover from the point guard going down and the layoff and the fact that they had a lot of new guys. Um, Last year's team, several players chose to transfer. Others were nudged to get out. So they, you know, they kind of laid the groundwork here. The team was going to have to come together pretty quickly. And it has at times. But Last night was about what we've seen all season from UNLV as UNLV tries to develop the program back to the point where Marvin Menzies had it in his last year. And actually, T.J. Eisenberg in his first year had it where Menzies did, you know, a top-five team in the conference, above 500. But this feels like a lot of the last decade or so for UNLV basketball where expectations are high, those being 11 or 12 games in conference, maybe 13, be a top three team. You've got talent. There's been a couple of years where they were a little light on talent. As it turns out, this year is one of those years, and in those seasons, the team in a full season is generally going to win 17, 18 games, 8 and 10, 9 and 9. If it's a 20-game schedule, you get the point, right? Somewhere right around 500. And that's where this team is, and they didn't get to play in the non-con, you know, very much. They had to, you know, deal with the toughest part of the non-con, and that was that Maui tournament, and they weren't ready to go right from the get-go to take on teams like North Carolina and, and Alabama and even Davidson, right? They could have beaten Davidson, but they weren't ready. So we've gone through basically the whole regular season, and they've got one game left at Wyoming, and it just it feels really familiar. And the familiar part hit again last night in you know, double and triple doses because they're taking on San Diego State, and it's amazing what's happened basically since eh, 2005, 2006 
the Rebels still had, you know, the attitude and the approach that, hey, they were a, a top 40 program in the country. And Steve Fisher comes in in the early 2000s to San Diego State. It's, it's a terrible job, right? Or at least up until then, it was a suck-ass program. No one was going to their arena. And last night, again, as you're sitting there watching the game on TV and, you know, I was sitting there courtside, it was like deja vu for the 38th time. It just seems like it's the same look San Diego State team. They play the same system. They're good at the same things the teams were in, you know, three years ago, five years ago, nine years ago, 12 years ago, 14 years ago just with different characters, but it's amazing. It's the same, and most of the games play out the same. And a lot of the reasons are, one, San Diego State's had continuity at the coaching position. They generally, when they augment what they have with transfers, they pick the right transfers who do what they want them to do. And they always seem to have guys who've grown old with the program, juniors and seniors. And last night, they've got a senior transfer in Terrell Gomez, who gets it. The guy was an elite scorer at CSUN, 20 points a game. This year, he's like, I'm going to shoot eight times a game, play good point guard, also play good defense. He was on Caleb Grill, five foot eight against Caleb Grill at 6'3", and Caleb had a tough time. Couldn't do much. But it's the seniors that carry these teams every year for San Diego State. And in this case, they've got you know two guys who look the part. They're big. They're physical. They're both wings. They're six 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 seven, big strong dudes, and they most of the time just make the right plays, and they make them when they count. Like when you think you have a chance, bang bang, right? Big plays, seven point lead, out to eleven or twelve, and that was exactly what happened last night. The Rebels made a run in the second half, you know, after trailing by fourteen, because they didn't play well the last two minutes of the first half and. Didn't play well the first four minutes of the second half. It was a 28-28 game, and then all of a sudden you look up, it's 42-28. You're like, okay, and that happened like that. And a lot of it was because of the seniors. And it was telling before the game, the Rebels had a senior night for Mbake Jong. We'll see if Mbake comes back. This is a you know a non-year in terms of eligibility. He doesn't lose a year. It was a nice ceremony. It was a quick ceremony. He was a little bit emotional. I think most of that was because his family was up. You know, There was a video of his family up on the board saying congrats. But it was amazing to think about it. And Bakke Jong is the first guy who, from beginning to end as a senior, was kind of closing out his UNLV career, going back to Carlos Lopez Sosa. That was seven years ago. They haven't had a guy who's been with the program for four or five years the entire way. That's nuts. And that right there is the difference between the programs. And then on the San Diego State side, they just had senior day the other day. And it was Mitchell, it was Jordan Shackle, it was a transfer backup center, 6'10", 230, and then Gomez, who transferred in, and he does exactly what San Diego State needs from him. So they've got seniors. Whether they were within the program the whole time or or not, they play like seniors. And it's amazing. It's, it's the same old thing. If you look back in history, it's crazy because it doesn't matter who the coach is. And this is not a knock against any of these guys because it's more on San Diego State than anything else. Rebels lost 71-62. They absolutely pulled off a miracle backdoor cover. We can get into the cover later on. It was a bad beat if you had San Diego State. SDSU was up 70-56 to with 114 left and somehow couldn't cover the minus 9.5. It was kind of crazy down the stretch. But 
think back in history, right? And I've watched all these games. I've been in person for most of them. I have like images I remember of different things happening and like where I was sitting in the arena while it was happening. And there was a lot of deja vu last night, especially that that eight point lead. The Rebels got it down to eight, and San Diego State comes down. Rebels don't play great defense on the best shooter on the floor, a 47% three-point shooter in Shackle. He gets a wide-open three, bang. Next time down the floor, you know, Rebels empty trip. Next time down the floor, missed defensive assignment. San Diego State, when it counts, they will make baskets. They get an alley-oop. You look up, eight goes to 13 in like 45 seconds. Like, all right. But if you look back in history, go back to Lon Kruger, 2009-10 game. Down there. And that was a year that Kruger's team actually did beat San Diego State once. They lost two of three. They lost in the conference tournament. Down there it was 58, check that, 68-58, right? And what happens is the shooting's not great. The lead player gets shut down for UNLV. Oftentimes you get too much one-on-one action from the two best players last night. Bryce Hamilton was 3 of 14. Didn't have a great game. That was assignment number one. Mitchell's on him. You know, they're going to double him anytime he can turn the corner, anytime he gets in the lane. They're going to beat him up. Three or 14. David Jenkins had a good game, but it was a lot of one on one action, a lot of crazy shots, but he's making them, right? Good game. 32 points. But look back in history at this series 2009 10, Lon Kruger. So they lose 68 58 down there. Trey Willis, best player on the team. Alpha Dog, 5 of 15. Team goes 3 of 17 from deep. Both teams are 25 win teams. And the Rebels lose two of three. Uh, the tournament game was 55-45. That's the other thing. It always turns into like this grind-out rock fight where San Diego State can execute the offense and, and they break down UNLV to the point where it's a lot of late shot clock stuff and your best player or second best player has to go one-on-one. Uh, that team for San Diego State, not to like give everyone a lesson on San Diego State, I'm just pointing out that's where you want to be. This is how they do it. And they've done it against every coach in recent times. For the Rebels, San Diego State's team, Kawhi Leonard, Billy White, Malcolm Thomas, DJ Gay, Chase Shipley. Eventually, the next year, they wound up winning 34 games when Kawhi is a sophomore. Dave Rice takes over. 2013-14 season. Solid year for the Rebels, but they go down there. They lose. And I know I know where I was sitting, the vantage point, and just thinking during the game. Bryce DeJohn Jones, best one-on-one player. You know, the guy who could get to the basket for that Rebel team, I swear went 2 of 14 on layups. He got to the rim all he wanted, could not finish because of the intimidation factor of guys like Skylar Spencer. And that's the other thing. Like, you you get into a position to score, and that happened to Bryce Hamilton a bunch of times last night, and you're like, okay, who's coming on the weak side to block me? And that's always – it doesn't matter the cast of characters for San Diego State or for UNLV, but, yeah, BDJ for the game, 7 of 25. He and DeVille Smith go 12 of 44. Team shoots 30%. They go 2 of 18 from 3. They actually wound up losing all three games against San Diego State because they played them in the tournament. They only averaged 56 points a game. They lose by 8, 9, and 11 points. That was Xavier Thomas, Skylar Spencer, Winston Shepard, J.J. O'Brien. Marvin Menzies takes over a couple years later. Menzies' team actually beat San Diego State in game one to break, and that was here, to break a, a, a long streak. They go down there. They're 19-7 and seven going into the game, and everyone's like, oh, San Diego State's down. They're not that good. I mean, they beat them back. In Vegas, they go down there, and all the wheels fall off. And it's all the San Diego State defense and great offense. They wind up losing 94-56. Uh, Mooring and uh, Jordy Johnson and McCoy go 11-30. to 
They make just four threes on 16 attempts. They shoot 35% of the team. And it's Malik Pope and Jalen McDaniels and Matt Mitchell in his first year. Shackles on the team. He comes in, role player, hits two threes. Devin Watson, Trey Kell. It's just like the deja vu, deja vu, right? All the time. And now with a fourth coach, you saw last night, they lose by nine. Uh, Bryce has the tough game outside of David Jenkins, who was outstanding. They shoot 12 of 36. They did make nine three-pointers, but they wind up losing by nine. And you know what's funny? With all these losses where the Rebels over the years have fallen to San Diego State, it'll be seven, nine, 11 points. But as you're watching the game, you're like, San Diego State can do whatever they want. They can lengthen the lead whenever they want. And it almost feels like it's a 20-point win every time. And it felt that way last night. And, you know, this isn't targeting anyone specific because it's been every coach. The credit really goes to San Diego State for building what they build. They stick to their style. If you transfer in, you're going to play the way they play. Uh, They don't make many mistakes with transfers, and it happened again last night, and that's why they have been the best program. UNLV's trying to play catch-up in a big way to San Diego State, and San Diego State's the best team in the conference, and they absolutely should be in the NCAA tournament. They'll be a pain in the ass for whoever they match up against, and they should win next week's Mountain West Conference tournament. Anytime the Golden Knights are on TV, watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles. Brianhead Ski and Snowboard Resort is experiencing some great spring conditions. Good snow and warmer weather is making this the perfect time to come to Brianhead. Don't know how to ski or snowboard? No worries. Brianhead has an excellent ski school that'll have you skiing or boarding in no time. And don't forget to purchase your lift passes online. The earlier you buy them, the more you save. Plus, you'll skip the ticket window lines and go straight to the lifts. Face coverings are required. For more info, go to brianhead.com. This spring, get in the game and earn cash for betting sports with the William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app on your phone or tablet. During William Hill Spring Rewards, earn up to $500 cash back. Between now and April 30th, you'll be eligible for cash back points for every wager made, win or lose on the William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app. You'll also earn bonus cash back for teasers and parlay card wagers made on the app. To enroll in Spring Rewards and see participating locations, visit WilliamHill.us. That's WilliamHill.us. It's the Gadget Freak Fest with Demo Dave. Brought to you by Dollar Loan Center, where you get the most time to pay your loan back. Stop in or visit us online at don'tbebroke.com. Let's face it, we all love the big Google machine, but we reluctantly put up with the fact that Google tracks our every move to serve up advertising. Well, a major change is coming that dramatically changes the core business model of Google. The Alphabet company just announced that it plans to stop selling ads that rely on an individual's web browsing history. This is huge because this is how Google has made billions of dollars over the last few decades. And Google says it won't build any tools to track your specific data across its other products in the future. All of this comes after Google committed to removing support for third-party cookies in Chrome, which will kill the main source of data tracking for advertisers and websites. Google says they will still be able to deliver relevant ads by focusing on groups with similar interests instead of individual data. Thanks, Google. Keep listening for more Tech Talk on the Gadget Freak Fest. I'm Demo Dave. Heard the good news about COVID-19 vaccines? They're here, but you can do more than wait for your turn. Here's how. Stay at least six feet away from folks you don't live with. And it's risky to be indoors with them, too. And masks? Well, they protect both the person wearing them and the folks around them. Wear a mask, watch your distance, and make a big difference now. 
Learn more about vaccines at cdc.gov slash coronavirus. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Liberty. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. As a minimalist, paying less for insurance is more. Nice place. Is your house a bubble? It's a dome. I find corners unnecessary. At Liberty Mutual, that's how we feel about overpaying for insurance. But I do miss having shelves. Hmm, what would you put on them? Nothing, obviously. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Ten. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. The patented key ingredient is Testofin, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great... Great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text TIGER to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Plus, text now and we'll include a bottle of new Nugenics Thermo, our most powerful fat incinerator ever, to help get you back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text T-I-G-E-R to 42424. That's TIGER to 42424. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you're a Vegas local, you know what makes our city great is the way neighbors help neighbors. Sam and I started this law firm because we knew people weren't getting the help and care they needed after an accident. And few challenges are as difficult as getting injured. If it happens to you, you need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamAndAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Don't miss this incredible offer. Sky Diamonds 5 years, 0% interest financing on everything in the store is almost over. Hurry in. It's only through the end of the month. Sky Diamonds, a 6,000 square foot showroom packed with the largest diamond inventory in the nation. And for the month of March, take advantage of Sky Diamonds 0% interest financing for 5 years. Yes, you heard right. 5 years. Purchase a $10,000 engagement ring and you pay less than $167 a month. Or a $5,000 tennis bracelet and pay less than and 85 a month. Rings, earrings, pendants, bands, bracelets. Plus, an extensive inventory of quality loose diamonds, all shapes and sizes, affordable for any budget, and all available at 0% interest for five years. Don't miss this incredible opportunity, only through the end of the month. Five years, zero interest financing. Don't buy until you experience the Sky Diamonds difference. Sky Diamonds, official diamond jeweler of the Vegas Golden Knights, located in Town Square, South Las Vegas Boulevard, corner of Sunset. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. This is awesome. We get to lean on our California guys for a little perspective on the release of the Pac-12 football schedule. Alex Crawford is with us and a former Oregon State football tight end. Howard Kroom is on the horn. I'll start with you, Alex. Just the vibe around the Pac-12 football release, you know, California, the West Coast oftentimes gets a kind of a bad rap as sports fans. So was there a, a little bit of a buzz in and around California and the fact that the schedule's out finally? Yeah, Cofield, I don't want to say there was a buzz per se because I think that reputation is deserved that the West Coast football, I hate saying this because I'm going to beat the Pac-12 drum throughout this interview, 
throughout this season, throughout my life. But I do think that it wasn't as big of a blip. It was a blip on the radar. It wasn't as big on the radar as like the SEC schedule release was in the South. But you talk to people in Pac-12 circles, people that looked at the schedule, uh, people like, you know, John Wilner, who covers Pac-12 for the San Jose Mercury News. Very favorable schedule protected the top teams. Things are looking good. So from that sense, for people that care about Pac-12 football and are looking at it, the schedule was a win. We're not in a hole. We're not down down one or two points to start the game. We, we have a favorable schedule. So from that sense, yeah, it was, it was a win out of the gates. What do you think, Howard? I would assume people, you know, football fans would just be fired up to see, hey, you know what, there's going to be some normalcy down the road. Maybe we'll have some crowds, but we got a full schedule. Absolutely. Yeah. People are happy to see a full schedule. People are also happy to see StubHub and, you know, the, the, the aftermarket ticket places selling tickets like, oh, wow, we're actually going to be in the stadium this year. You know, in California, Gavin Newsom looks like he's opening a way for the Dodgers to have fans for opening day. So what does that mean for college football? You know, so so we're feeling good about that. But what I'm encouraged about is in 2020, the Pac-12 never had a chance of making a dent on the national radar. We already don't get respect, the respect that I think that we deserve. And then we started late. We, we only played a couple of games. You know, Oregon ended up coming out of the Pac-12. They didn't even win their division. So because of that, the Pac-12, I think, kind of got hated on in 2020. But what this schedule highlights to me, and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit, is the non-conference games. There's some very, very competitive non-conference games on the schedule, and I think that's going to kind of serve kind of like bowl season to show, hey, here's some of our teams on display against the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and we're going to show you guys that the Pac-12 means business, and we have that opportunity with the 2021 schedule. I'm sticking with Howard. I think it's gigantic the beginning of the season that the Pac-12 shows well because I'll tell you, nationally, because of the way everything was handled, and I, I'm not saying the Pac-12 handled it correctly or incorrectly or the SEC did it right or Big Ten did it right, but because the Pac-12 started so late, scrambled to get going, then a lot of teams couldn't play games, there was a notion out there like, hey, you know what, recruits? You want to play football anywhere but the Pac-12 because everywhere else, football matters. In the Pac-12, it doesn't matter. And that's, that's a hard thing to shake. And the way you shake it is to go out and face non-con opponents and beat them. Absolutely. And I think that the Pac-12 set up to do that because in 2020 to the 2021 class, recruiting actually was pretty good. It it went well for the Pac-12. You know, USC and Oregon, they were in the top 10 nationally. USC got the number one recruit in the country. So there's already kind of some buzz that USC is getting a lot of kids to stay home. Oregon always gets big recruits. So so we kind of got that part taken care of. But now if you just start week one and week one is it's not the heavy part of the non-conference schedule, but it does start out. You've got Oregon State at Purdue in week one. It's you know, it's not the most glamorous Big Ten team in Purdue, but they beat number 15 Iowa last year to open the season. They beat um, Illinois in the second game of the season. So they've, they've got some talent. You know, they're coming with some guys. Stanford is playing Kansas State. They're not a good Big Ten team, but. That's still a national stage for Oregon State and Stanford to get the Pac-12 off to a 2-0 non-conference record. And then going into week two, then you've got some really big ones. you got LSU coming out to the Rose Bowl to play against UCLA. That's a major, major game. Anytime you got the SEC coming out west, you know, to challenge a Pac-12 team, they're two years off of a national championship. So, you know, they've got a ton of fight. You know, they got a ton of um, a ton of talent. And then the real big one, Oregon going to Ohio State. That's going to be a showcase game right there for the Pac-12. And and Oregon's been known to do that. You know, they've gone to Auburn early in the season. So going to Ohio State, who just played in the national championship, that is an opportunity for the 
defending Pac-12 champions to go punch a national powerhouse in the mouth and show that, hey, we mean business out here. And then lastly, for week two, we've got Washington going to Michigan. Michigan underperformed a little bit last year, but we know what their expectations are every year. We know what their recruiting is like. So they've got a ton of talent on that roster. And those are three games right there that the Pac-12 can make a national statement to recruits and to the college football um, playoff committee. Alex Crawford is with us. That's the voice of Howard Kroom. He played football at Oregon State. Uh, these guys are in SoCal. We're going to talk a lot of SoCal uh, from time to time and get the uh, the angles on the latest sports news in Southern California. Alex, what are you most excited about with the schedule release and that non-conference slate? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off Howard there. I love how hard this schedule is, or I love these non-conference opponents. I know some people might look at it and say, oh, man, that's a murderer's row. That's a chance for the Pac-12 to fall on a national stage. Yes, it is. It's also a chance for the Pac-12 to shine on a national stage. To quote Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards, you play to win the game, right? You want a shot at the best. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I'm not saying Oregon State beating Purdue is the best by any means, but these are games, Colorado at Texas A&M, that's going to be really tough. LSU coming to the Rose Bowl playing UCLA, that's going to be a really tough game for the Bruins. But you want to play those games because you want to be in that conversation. So I sit back here as a a Pac-12 football fan and I say, I love it. Let's go. Let's get in the ring. Let's go Rocky Balboa against Apollo Creed. That's probably how it looks in in the national perception. But to me, I still think the Pac-12, I beat the drum. I still think the Pac-12 is right up there with the top conferences, but they got to prove it. And if they don't, I'm wrong. I stand corrected. But this non-conference schedule really gets me excited from UW at Michigan to SC against San Jose State to Oregon at Ohio State. Like everything you said, Howard, I mean, that got me excited. Steve, you asked, where's the excitement? You know, how, how are Pac-12 football fans feeling? It's this non-conference slate, even like Cal against TCU, that gets me fired up. There's one more that, that we didn't mention that gets me fired up as well in week three, and it's a battle of the smart kids, Stanford at Vanderbilt. Not, you know, Vanderbilt, not a SEC powerhouse, but they're going to recruit. They're, they're down there in the football hotbed in the South. They're going to recruit well. They're always going to get talent. And Stanford, they were kind of, they finished the season kind of strong on the rise last year. David Shaw always has his team ready to play. So who's going to come out victorious in that? That matters, and that's going to pile on to the Pac-12 versus SEC um, rivalry or record, even though it's not so glamorous. So all across the board, there's a lot of non-conference games and a lot of opportunities for the Pac-12. And I will tell you on a lot of the games you mentioned, the national angle on some of those Big Ten teams and then LSU, if those teams freaking smoke the Pac-12 opponent, it's going to look bad, one, that they got beat up badly, but two, Ohio State's breaking in a new quarterback. Harbaugh was down last year. Do they have a quarterback, right? They're, they're a mess. LSU sucked. So I don't know if Ed Orgeron is a one-player coach, you know, with Joe Burrow, but I can tell you, people, if – if the Pac-12 doesn't win those games or doesn't compete even worse, the national narrative will be these guys aren't – well, Ohio State is going to be really good. But uh, these guys aren't even, like, in their prime form, and they kicked your ass. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And that's why there's so much pressure. You know, Alex said it best. To be the best, you have to beat the best. And – at the, the flip side of that coin is if you get beat up when these teams, like you said, are breaking in new quarterbacks and Harbaugh's down, man, it's not going to look good. But I think there's something to look. You have to step up your talent. You can't get better by only scheduling, you know, Eastern Washington and, and God bless them. Um, 
San Jose State and San Diego State. Those are good teams, but you've got to get a step up in talent so you can eventually, you know, work your way to being on par with the SEC. Yeah, and Cofield, I mean, we don't need a crystal ball to see the narratives already forming, yeah. like you said. And there's going to be no mention of Alabama not playing Georgia in their conference schedule, but they play Mercer, they play Southern Miss, <laughs> they play New Mexico State, Auburn. There's going to be no mention of, of what I see as inadequacies and weaknesses in the SEC schedule. That doesn't make the national narrative. No one on ESPN talks about that. No one on Fox Sports talks about that. But, of course, we see the narratives forming against the Pac-12 already here months out in March. And you're right. If LSU comes in and they're, quote-unquote, not in prime form, coming off a terrible year, and they smoke UCLA in the Rose Bowl, man, that's a terrible look. But I want a shot at it. As a Pac-12 fan, I want a shot at it. We're talking about the Pac-12 football release. We got our experts in Southern California. Alex Crawford, Howard Kruman played tight end at Oregon State. Stick with us, guys, on the way back. I want to get to some of the crossover games against the Mountain West Conference and then also go into some individual situations like uh, the new coach at Arizona. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Silver 7's Hotel and Casino and William Hill Race and Sportsbook are teaming up for another great year of exciting sports action. Sign up for a William Hill Nevada mobile sports account and you'll receive a $50 bonus on top of your $50 deposit by using promo code GET50. Plus, Silver 7's Hotel and Casino has newly remodeled rooms, redesigned suites, new private cabanas, and an updated spacious gaming floor with over 400 slot machines and $3 electronic table games. Don't miss all the action at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino on the corner of Flamingo and Paradise. If you need to buy a home, call Dustin DeHart. If you want the best rates with service, that's great. Dustin DeHart with Nova Home Loans. So if you need a loan, pick up the phone. And call 5772600. Dustin DeHart with Nova Home Loans. Hey, it's Steve Cofield here to tell you interest rates are at record lows and Vegas property values are through the roof. Me and a ton of you ESPN Las Vegas listeners were able to take advantage last year because of Dustin DeHart and Nova Home Loans. Thanks, Steve. It was an honor helping you and the ESPN Las Vegas listeners improve their interest rates and lower their payments. So many folks got to pay off mounting debts or even purchase their dream home. And I can't wait to help even more people this year. So call me at 702-577-2600 today before rates go up. So if you need a loan, Pick up the phone and call 5772 Dustin DeHart with Nova Home Loans. NMLS 2501-BRANCH NMLS 777-362. I'm attorney Paul Powell. Have you been injured in a crash? Do you want to win your case? Do you want the insurance companies saying, It's Paul Powell! Of course you do. I've spent almost 20 years helping injury victims get paid and I for sure can help you. If you're tired of greedy lawyers, call 728-5500 or go to paulpowell.com. I really can help. Paul Powell. More lawyer, less fee. Some restrictions apply. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7's, it's Cofield and Company. Man, I'm just fired up to talk football, right? Normalcy, we got a little taste of it a couple days ago. Looking ahead, Pac-12 football schedule release. We're talking to Alex Crawford and Howard Kroom 
and what they see in the Pac-12 schedule. We'll kind of get into what's going on in the conference. But last couple of points on the the non-con slate. You know, we're in a Mountain West Conference city, so anytime we see the conference get a chance to go up and play the Pac-12, you know, you salivate a bit. It's like, oh, is the Pac-12 back? Or is there a chance to take them out in some of these games? And I'm telling you guys, one of the most dangerous games early on, Alex, is going to be San Jose State. Taking on USC, I watched San Jose State, you know, up close a year ago. Watched them a couple of years ago. Uh, UNLV had a lot of trouble competing because of the physicality, and San Jose State's going to have a lot of their defensive front back, and their quarterbacks are back, right? Nick Starkle stayed around. He's a former Arkansas and Texas A&M guy. Not an easy spot coming out of the gates for SC. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a guy that's always looking at narratives like we talked about earlier. And the national narrative on this is already looking at this as a team, San Jose State as a team that USC should mop the floor with. But we know that that the Spartans are are a good team. They're a good football program. Brent Brennan has turned that around. This actually reminds me, Howard, maybe you could comment on it. When you played at Oregon State 2006 to 2010, the Beavers would open up the season a lot of the times playing Boise State. And in 2006, a very good year for the Beavers, a 10 win season for the Beavs. Y'all went on the road to Boise State and lost like 42 to 14. And everyone looks at the Pac-12, Pac-10 at the time, and it's embarrassing. But we also know how good Boise State was during those years. So it's to your point, Cofield, I don't want to say it's a lose lose because, like I said, I like to see teams taking on the best in this and San Jose State's the best out of the Mountain West. But if SC struggles in that game, even if they win a close game, it looks bad from the national perspective. The narrative is not good for the Pac-12. And if they lose, oh, my God, it's horrible. I'm going to be honest with you, Cofield, and I don't want your Mountain West fans to, to jump on me and get mad at me here. But I don't have faith in San Jose State to come out of the gates and, and, and challenge USC. I know they've got a lot of talent and I respect them. Like you said, Starkle, he's, he's a highly touted kid. He comes in with a lot of experience as well. But it's not even about San Jose State. It's about what I expect out of USC. Like I said, they just had a top 10 recruiting class. They got the number one recruit in the country. And it's not that those um, young student athletes are going to make an impact just yet. But the pedigree and the, the caliber of, of, of recruit that they get is just it's it's so much higher than what you expect to get from a San Jose state. So I just think talent wise, USC should outmatch them. I'm looking at a guy like Keaton Slovis. People are thinking Keaton Slovis might be one of the first quarterbacks taken in the draft uh, in this upcoming draft. He's a highly, highly uh, experienced kid. He's been starting since he's a freshman. Their, their receivers, Drake London. I think he's going to be the best receiver in the pac 12. They've got a guy named Brew McCoy. Uh, who's an absolute beast. He transferred from USC to Texas back to USC and they've got other kids who are coming in who are also going to make an impact. So for USC, the question is, how's their offensive line going to hold up? But uh, maybe I'll have to eat my words. I'll have to come on after the game, Cofield. But I'm, I'm predicting, predicting a big win from USC. And Howard, you keep mentioning the number one recruit in the country. You're referencing who? Uh, Damani Jackson? No. Well, they got Damani Jackson. I should have said his name. Corey Foreman. He's a defensive lineman. He played at uh, Corona Centennial here in Southern California. And he, in high school... He played with Drake Jackson, who's USC's pass rush rush specialist. You know, he's their big monster on the D-line. Well, Drake and Corey Foreman were high school teammates. And so now this year, they're going to team back up on the D-line at USC. And their plan is obviously to terrorize the Pac-12 like they did the quarterbacks in high school. And you think Foreman goes right in? He's right in the rotation. I'm a guy who typically, growing up, I never believed a freshman was going to come and make an impact. You know, I went to Oregon State, and what we would get is we would get more guys that would be like San Jose State, guys that have to develop, that have to redshirt, that have to get some size on them before they're ready to play. 
But what I've found being around USC, I've been around this team for a long time now, and they get guys who come in looking like grown men, ready to play football, ready to make an impact right now. And so I can tell you that Corey Foreman is not coming in looking to red shirt. He plans to play and make a big impact. Howard Kroon played football at Oregon State. Alex Crawford's with us. We're talking about the Pac-12 football release on Cofield and company. Back to what Alex said about three minutes ago about lose-lose situations. I agree with you. Uh, playing a team like San Jose State is you win, okay, SC, great job, you were supposed to, you lose, oh my God, the sky is falling. And this is a terrible thing to say for someone who covers mostly the Mountain West Conference. I freaking would never schedule regionally against the smaller conference in my area. I just, I wouldn't do it. Now, uh, it's convenient because they're, you know, the local teams, so there's not, you know, if you're at home, it, it's all good. You don't have to do this massive payout, but to me, it's all risk and when I look at a program like Arizona, and there's a bigger story here with BYU, but Arizona coming out of the gates, they're trying to set a new standard, get the culture going in the right direction, and they come right out playing BYU and San Diego State back-to-back. Yikes! Those are not great spots if you're you know, trying to get rid of the stink from a year ago. BYU, very good football program. Right now, hurts to say this is a Pac-12 homer. They're on a different tier than Arizona as a football program and buy-in from the university and the fan base. But, but what I wanted to say was is that this is something that I don't like about college football is that we're sitting here saying, man, that's a lose-lose. Yeah. But as fans, SC San Jose State or Arizona BYU, that has the potential to be great football to watch. But we have to sit here and we have to think about narratives and how does this affect the conference's reputation and how is this going to make some guy down in Texas feel about University of Arizona? We shouldn't be talking about that. We have to because it's college football. But on paper or, or on my television or in the stadium, man, that actually sounds like some fun football to watch. It, it does sound like some fun football to watch. T- to your point, Cofield, you know, you talked about scheduling the regional non-conference games. So Arizona opens up with BYU. Then they have San Diego State, which is a tough one. But the third game of the season is Northern Arizona. And I bet you Northern Arizona is similar to a San Diego State. They've got a ton of guys, I mean, or, or a San Jose State, a ton of guys who didn't get the Pac-12 offer or a ton of bounce backs from Power Fives or JUCO guys that are looking for another opportunity. So, when you're playing somebody that close to you that you can get upset like that pretty easily. I've seen it happen to Oregon State, Portland State before. So they've got BYU, San Diego State, Northern Arizona. Then they're at Oregon. They have UCLA. They're at Colorado. I mean, they've got a tough schedule. So I expected big things, not big things, but when Kevin Sumlin came from uh, from Texas A&M, I expected big things. I'm like, Arizona's on the rise. They're going to be great. It didn't work out. I- I'm still a little bit... Um, optimistic about their talent, but that schedule is not doing them any favors at all. I'll throw one into your wheelhouse here. We're talking about you know different team surprises out there from top to bottom. Howard, you played there. You went to school, Oregon State. Do they have a chance to bounce back and and be good and make a bowl game with this schedule? Because um, you know they got they got some interesting road tilts. They do, they do. I, I'm I'm a believer in Oregon State, like you said. I went to school there, so I'm a diehard Beaver fan. But what Jonathan Smith, head coach Jonathan Smith, has been building in Corvallis, he's been doing it the right way. He's been, you know, it's been buy-in on all fronts. He's an Oregon State guy. He loves the program and just everything he does. He's about, you know, character, doing it the right way. We're not going to be too fast. We're going to develop. You know, let's be patient. And as fans, we have been patient. But this is a year where 
He's had a couple of years with his guys. We Now we got to see some return on this investment. So we talked about it earlier. Oregon State goes to Purdue. That's a big challenge. I think they're ready for it. That's a way, you know, you can kind of make a statement early on. Hey, we don't need an easy game. We don't need a Portland State. We're going to go roll against Purdue. They got Purdue. Then they got Hawaii. Hawaii's never an easy game. Then they got the University of Idaho. They've got to go two and one, if not three and oh, because after that, they're going to USC. And then they've got Washington coming to them, which is always tough. So it's not easy. Obviously, there's talent all across the Pac-12, but they've got to get off to a three and oh or a two and one start to to hope to get to that seven, you know, seven wins and get above 500. I think it's really important that Stanford is a high-level winning program. That really helped carry the Pac-12 a few years ago. And, you know, last two years they've gone 8-10. and 10. It seems like they've been unsettled at quarterback. Uh, but it's not going to be easy, Howard, coming out of the gates here. Kansas State at USC, at Vandy, uh, UCLA, Oregon, and then at Arizona State on a Friday game. I mean, they, they, could, they could get off to a rough start. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you about Stanford. You know, when they're strong, it's just another because they already feel like such a prestigious program and such a prestigious school. We know it's hard to get in there. We know that they do stuff the right way. You know, it feels exclusive when you can pair that with some high level elite football. It just makes the because you already respect USC. You're always going to respect USC. You're always going to respect Oregon at this point. You know, Washington has a history of being great. But when you throw Stanford in there, it just really feels like a full conference. And but like you said, they're they're challenging themselves. They're first. They're, they're going to Kansas State. Then they're at USC second game of the season. I mean, they're coming out fast They're coming out hot. We saw him play with some adversity last year, though. If you remember when kind of at the height of the covid Santa Clara County, where they practice and play, they they weren't allowed. If they left, they had to stay on the road. So they were kind of like road warriors the last three weeks of the season. They practiced at parks in local cities and stayed in hotels just so they could get a football season finished. And they ended up beating our Oregon State Beavers and, and ending their season above 500. And so they're coming in feeling good about themselves, but they've got questions at quarterback. They lost Davis Mills, who was a huge part of what they did last year. Um, I don't know exactly what they're going to be, but they've got a chance early on to show that, you know, that they're a serious football team. Guys, let's close on this. Howard Crooms with us, Alex Crawford. We lean on these dudes to uh, talk Southern California sports and West Coast sports and Pac-12 specifically. Alex, give us an update. Uh, Any big developments in terms of the high school football slate, Uh, you know, startup times, any districts? you know, jumping in and saying, you know what, we can't do this, we're screwed. What's the latest on uh, getting the high school football teams back on the field? Actually, some really big news today in the state of California. There was a lawsuit out of San Diego County, a group of students, indoor sports students, wrestling, volleyball, and hoops, suing the state, saying it's not fair that outdoor sports are able to come back, high-contact outdoor sports are able to come back, and we can't because the light was still red for hoops, volleyball, indoor sports. That this morning, this morning, the judge ruled that indoor sports are back in California on the same level and restriction as high contact sports. So football, water polo, weekly testing. So that ruling came down this morning. That turns the light green for basketball in the state of California, which is a really big deal, a big victory. Student athletes and their parents getting together, suing the state and winning. I consider that fighting the good fight. And that's huge news this morning in the state of California. Also, just as far as. What I'm hearing, my, my finger on the pulse is telling me so far, no big time outside of a, a couple.
couple, but no big time COVID disruptions to the season thus far. Um, a lot of schools are scrimmaging this Saturday. Football teams are scrimmaging this Saturday. And week one of games is next Thursday through Saturday. So we'll see some Thursday games, Saturday games, obviously a lot of Friday. Um, but so far, things are progressing and traffic is flowing to keep the green light analogy going there. Awesome job, guys. <laughs> Glad to do this. Uh, appreciate it. Let's talk soon, okay? Thank you. All right, thanks. Thanks, Cofield. Those guys are great. Howard Kroom, the former tight end at Oregon State, and our podcast pal, Alex Crawford. On the way back, another one of our buddies is uh, waiting in Chicago to talk to us, Xavier Pope, and we'll get into the mess at Creighton. And Xavier's thoughts on Coach Greg McDermott saying that he offered to walk away after his language gaffe the other day. With 77-cent Bud Light bottles, Golden Knights hockey game nights are great at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. License number NSCB 79415, 0079414. Hey, Wacky Zacky, what you doing? Playing? What are you playing with? Our new 24-7 scheduling system. This sucker's amazing. Yeah, you can schedule us to be at your house when it's convenient for you, not when it's convenient for us. The right way, not the easy way, huh, Kenny? The right way, not the easy way. But folks can still call us, right? Of course they can. We're not taking anything away. We're just making it easy for Kettle customers to get what they want, when they want it. This online scheduling system is some exciting technology. With 114 patents, technology is what we're known for, Zach. This new system lets people schedule AC and plumbing repairs while they're at work or while waiting for their kids or watching old reruns of MacGyver. You like MacGyver? Everybody likes MacGyver. Where is this new online system that lets people schedule what they want, when they want it? Gettle.com, of course. Gettle, G-O-E-T-T-L. We'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Everyone loves shopping online. Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary. It's time to get out with the old and in with the... At Finley Chevrolet, we've made it simple and easy for our family of customers to get the Chevy they want at a price they deserve. With truckloads of new 2021 Chevrolet inventory arriving daily and our huge incentives on the remaining 2020 Chevys in stock, why go anywhere else except to Nevada's number one Chevrolet volume dealer again? Finley Chevrolet, located in the southwest of the 215 in South Rainbow. Eight-time winner of Chevrolet Dealer of the Year Award. Find new roads. More lawyer. I'm attorney Paul Powell. If you've been hurt in a crash, let me get to work for you. Call 728-5500 or go to paulpowell.com. More lawyer, less fee. Some restrictions apply. Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, spin the wheel, and you could win a Vegas Golden Knights game day prize pack worth over $1,000, complete with an official puck signed by a Vegas Golden Knights player. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit TerribleHerbs.com for more information. 
Join Cofield and company as we broadcast live this Thursday from the Silver 7s Hotel and Casino. Happy hour kicks off at 3, and Silver 7s has 277 pints, shots, and margaritas. It's a busy night in hoops with Michigan taking on Michigan State in the Mountain West Conference, Wyoming, Utah State, NBA Clippers on the road against the Wizards, and you can bet the games at the William Hill Sportsbook or open a mobile app account. Join Cofield and company this Thursday starting at 2 with a live show at the Corona Cantina inside Silver 7s Hotel and Casino on Flamingo in Paradise with ESPN Las Vegas. Do you suffer with pain, numbness, or tingling in your hands or feet? This is commonly diagnosed as peripheral neuropathy. Are you taking drugs such as gabapentin, Lyrica, or Cymbalta and have serious side effects that never fix the pain? Has your doctor told you there's nothing they can do, just live with it? Call 702-500-0839. That's 702-500-0839. And meet with a neuropathy physician today. Peripheral neuropathy is a result of damage to the nerves, and if not treated, nothing can be done once you've sustained 85% nerve loss. Dr. Joshua K. Purcell, DC, combines state-of-the-art treatment methods to ensure relief from neuropathy with no injections and no drugs. Call for the free neuropathy seminar. Start seeing relief in only a few sessions by calling 702-500-0839. Call Active Life Health and Wellness today at 702-500-0839 and schedule your seat in the next neuropathy seminar. Be pain-free in 2021. I'm attorney Matt Hoffman with Battleborn Injury Lawyers. At Battleborn, we don't have a jingle or a theme song. We don't have a catchphrase, and we don't have a phone number your kids have memorized. What we do have is smart, down-to-earth attorneys with real experience helping people who've been injured. And we're great at what we do. If you've been injured and want great attorneys who really know what they're doing, Call 570-9000. Better yet, save our number in your phone in case you ever need it. That's 570-9000. Hey, Jake Soteros here, your friendly neighborhood house guy. I want you to know that I am still buying distressed homes. Too many repairs have you down, bad tenants, unwanted house, need cash fast. Whatever the reason, do not sell your house to anyone else without speaking with me first. I buy at a fair price, I cater my offer in terms to you, and you pay zero fees and do zero repairs. I'm a local small business and not a giant corporate-owned home buyer. I'm competitive with these big boys, and my money stays right here in the local community. As a cash buyer and full-service realtor, my goal is simple. Find out what you need, then work my butt off to make that happen. I'm Jake Soteros, powered by EXP Realty. I look forward to speaking with you soon. Call Jake Soteros at 224-2642. That's 224-2642. Or visit his site at VegasJake.com. VegasJake.com or call 224-2642. License number S.01788843. You want the best sleep? Get the best mattress. Tempur-Pedic Best Mattress has the entire line. And right now, get two free Tempur-Pedic pillows with a purchase of any Tempur-Pedic mattress. Best Mattress. Sleep easy, friends. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. It is Silver 7s on this Thursday. Xavier Pope is in Chicago. We love talking to this guy. We had some great topics from uh, language errors or uh, maybe deeply seated uh, material at hand here. Xavier, what do you think of uh, the Creighton coach, McDermott, using the plantation reference on multiple occasions, and then it comes out today that uh, he would have walked if he needed to. He would have resigned. No, I think it's important to remember, guys, and, and, and how's it going, yeah, yeah. Is, is he was a coward in how he behaved. He put the onus on the player 
and said that if the players decided to have him leave his job, then he will resign. <laughs> and that's the responsibility of the institution that hired him. He doesn't have a contract with the players. He has a contract with the school. And so I think it's, it's absolutely a cowardly act by him, a cowardly act by the institutions. When these athletes say we want to get paid, is anyone listening to them about what to do? When the athletes are saying we want to collectively bargain, do they want? Is, do they now listen to them? That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but you have a coach who uses an absolutely terrible reference. Plantations were places of torture, rape, murder, con- uh, imprisonment of an entire race of people. And for him to immediately come after that and then coach the next game is absolutely abhorrent. And it shows that a white coach can come out and say something derogatory and racist and give an apology. And just because he gave an apology, everything is supposed to be okay. And then put the pressure on the students, they can get worse. Like we just saw this with the University of Texas, where the players were told to sing this song. And if they did not do, or not sing a song, but they even show up on the field while the song is being sung, and if they did something, potentially it could be, impact their professional careers. So if you're an athlete, you're on that team, you're playing for Creighton, now you're wondering about your future opportunities because now you're, you're, your career is put in um, the hands of whether you decide to keep this coach or not. Um, I think the two issues are distinctly related in terms of how potentially African-American players, but also just college athletes in general, are being treated in terms of the discrepancy in terms of using them as shields for other issues that happen in their schools. Xavier Pope is with us here, as he is every Thursday. Uh, Crazy stuff going on in college sports. You know, it's I'll say it's funny, but it's not. If you think about the Eyes of Texas deal, if you know your sports history, going back to the uh, former Redskins and their owner, George Preston Marshall, there was always a great story from uh, Bobby Mitchell, who uh, you know broke the color barrier with the Washington team. And he remembers going there, and he'd be at a banquet, and everyone would stand up and start singing Dixie. And Mitchell kind of laughed about it afterwards, but George Marshall would be like, Bobby, stand up and sing Dixie. And you're like, what? what? I, I don't like. I don't want to sing this. And it's like 50 years later, and we've got the Eyes of Texas being played, and a lot of the big donors of Texas will not relent. Like They don't get why this could be so disturbing for young African Americans to have to stand up after the game and sing this stupid song with you know intense uh, racist history to it. They understand. Let's not get them off the hook. <laughs> and I think, I, I think that it's important that people talk about – oh, by the way, we can't use the term – the R word anymore. It's Washington football team. And that's why I said former. Yes. And so it's important also to remember that, um, that there's a society of what I've coined this term, white vapidity Um, is this, this culture wanting to invest into the subtle art of not giving an S about other people or anything and feel offended. If you point out them celebrating a certain culture that, Denigrate and march and marginalize other groups of people right. to, to to sing this song, knowing what it means, and saying we don't care. This is our pride. It, it, in and of itself, is inherently racist. And to claim that it is not because people have pointed it out to you, you said this this is important to me. What is really important to you? You because you really have, what pride is it? Hmm. Tell us what that is, because if we, you're told 
that pride is based in a history of racism and marginalization, then why are you even having pride in that? Man, it is a grind to make change on lots of fronts. We're talking about dealing with people of color. Dealing with issues of women over the years. We just saw the story come out in the last year or so that LSU had a pretty big issue in terms of a sexual assault culture that was being covered up. And you're like, Ed Orgeron, what's wrong with you? And, you know, some Les Miles. Now we find out that Les Miles was being a horse's ass when he would talk about recruiting and making sure that they had pretty girls around. It's just like, you know, I guess it's not a mystery as to why there is a certain culture. If from coach to coach, it doesn't change. Yeah, I mean, the recent report, that's more of the details are going to come out on Friday in this extensive report. But what we know so far, um, first, is that Les Miles and the university, they were trying to, they, they made extensive steps to keep this private so that anyone, so no one knew. So that's why you're learning about it in 2021. This was 2013. Um, so I think that was, that's the big thing to, to understand. And we now we know a little bit why Les Miles is in, is in Kansas instead of a better school uh, in coaching football. Um, Secondly, is some of the things that are there. I mean, the getting college students to babysit, uh, uh, you know, having an incident that was in a car where it was the allegations where he kissed this, uh, this young woman twice. He stated that, uh, that it was no wrongdoing found, but actually he had to, it, you know, said that he wasn't going to do certain actions ever again. And, um, and he was reprimanded for his actions. And so, um, it just goes to show you um, some of the culture that that happens, but institutional control and, and allowing matters like this to continue, allowing a guy to continue to coach, allowing him to have a presence on college campus, allowing him to make millions and millions of dollars, uh, dollars then going on to another school, making more millions and millions of dollars, and players are still not getting paid a dime. I think that so this, this is denigration of women and then this, this elevation of college coaches because you know that college coaches, guys, Steve, this is a rock star, you know, and they, you know, in, in the many states that they're in, they're the highest public and pay, paid employee in the entire state. Yep. And so you're looking at someone who, in in, in terms of in recruiting college football players, asking them to be blonde, pretty, and fit. You're pretty much acting like a pimp in purple and gold. That's Miles. <laughs> yeah, 2013. Les Miles accused of. Texting female student workers on a burner phone, driving them alone to his condo, uh, at least one case of kissing a student, and the punishment from LSU was uh, a warning, don't do it again. And, and you know, when you hear this, it's like, uh, I mean, maybe some people will brush it off, but I've mentioned this a million times, and Xavier just hit it. The coach of a football team in some of these states is bigger than the governor. He's got more powerful than the governor. But the amazing thing is when they get in trouble like Joe Paterno, then Joe Paterno's like, I, I don't know, I'm chain of command. I just pass it. Like, you're the boss. You rule the state. Take some freaking accountability and responsibility. You can't all of a sudden act like you're in some chain of command and you're the ninth person in charge. All right, so there's a little rant. That's genuine. I watch a lot of TV, Xavier, and I think the embrace debate thing is interesting because I think you know a lot of it is, hey, producers, we're going to take a position. Here's your side. Uh, people in our business are, you know, a lot of them are like, Skip Bayless sucks. No one watches Fox. Oh, is that right? you got to tell the audience here what just happened with Skip. Uh, not only did Skip just get a new contract with massive money, but there was a freaking bidding war for Skip Bayless. There was a bidding war for Skip Bayless. And many people, I think that 
a lot of the complaints about Skip Bayless, a lot of his hate, to be frank, in the industry, is everybody that is working at sports radio is attempting to have the most interesting opinion imaginable, and people pick onto it, and this is, allows them to, in, to increase their platform and make a tons of money off of television and radio. If you ask anybody that, and they say, I just want to be um, smart and interesting, um, they're lying to you. They, they, want people, they want to be able to say something that hits a certain chord, that attracts more of an audience, that people can hang on to what you say, no matter if you're right or wrong, you're taking, you're, you're taking tapes. And so I, I think that a lot of, lot of the guys that work in this industry are big hypocrites when it comes to this. And I have, I have a lot of nuance about this. If, if people didn't care about what Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith had to say, they wouldn't watch. Right. The numbers aren't bearing this. Stephen, Stephen A. Smith is a $10 million year, dollar a year guy. He's getting paid as much as some of the top athletes in the sport. He, it's, it's Stephen A. Uh, it's Skip Bayless, eight, third, eight, four years, $32 million. Wow. When there's, a, when there's a bidding war for him and almost putting him together back with Stephen A. Smith, that Stephen A. Smith actually supported, they would be in the middle of halftime of, of games and, and have a significant presence, presence in their own show on ESPN Plus um, with now um, niche categories of, of digital content programming now shooting and skyrocketing in value, um, now becoming extremely pro- profitable properties. Um, the, a lot of guys can't hold that one. It, 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 it's a lot of work to be on TV all day running your mouth. It, it, it really is, <laughs> but it, it is. I know. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a lot of work. Huh? But the second thing is we also, in terms of society, we go to the lowest common denominator of, of the most binary approach to how it's good, bad, left, right, black, white. That's what people do. And if that's what people are, are paying attention to, um, then that's what's going to draw people's attention. Yep. Um, and that you cannot complain about what's on. It's just they're killing anyone. These these are these aren't bad guys. You, you may disagree with what Skip Bayless has to say. You may vehemently disagree with what he has to say. You may disagree with how Stephen A. Smith his expressions and the different memes. But these aren't terrible people. These are people that are obviously good at their jobs because they're able to make their properties more more valuable for their network. That means they deserve to get paid more. That's, that's called specialized talent. And it is what it is. Step your game up. Have something interesting to say. Have other ways to be able to connect to your audiences and make the money that you think that are deserved being made. Stephen A. Smith worked his way up. It took a long time to make all the money he made. Skip Bayless wasn't an $8 million guy over at night. These guys have been working for a couple of decades in the industry. So they, they've paid their dues to be able to make the coin. You can Pay your dues, make, and you can make the coin, too. Xavier Pope giving us the pep talk. Uh, <laughs> he's building a media empire of his own. <laughs> Let's close on this. Tell us about Suit-Up News. I know you feel really strong about what's happened uh, right before the election and then post-election with voter rights and voter suppression. You can find this up on Twitter. Yeah, uh, latest episode, hashtag Suit-Up News. It's talking about um, over 250-plus measures passed in over 30 states to, um, to be able to restrict the vote. Um, voter ID requirements, um, taking voters off the rolls, um, voter registration itself. And most of these are responses to claims of election fraud, even though 61 cases were lost over that in terms of attacking our democracy and impacting those that are black and brown voters that have helped 
um, to change the, the tide in the election. I don't call it the new Jim Crow. It's Trump Crow. And I think that there's more measures that need to be taken to protect the vote, even if it includes eliminating the filibuster and restoring the 4B section of the 1965 Voting Rights Act, because we need to make sure that the Department of Homeland Security say this is, one of the, this is the most secure election in American history. We should be making it easier to participate in the democracy, not harder. Xavier, you're awesome, man. We'll talk to you soon. Love you, man. That guy's great. Uh, Three o'clock hours on the way. Uh, We will get into what uh, Mike Mayock said yesterday about Derek Carr. Uh, He talked to the media right before our show, so I was reading a lot of the quotes. And, you know, it it seemed like another case of someone stepping up and getting behind Derek Carr. But I want you to listen to the bite on the way back. And, like, was this 100% support of Derek Carr or not? Because there's one thing Mayock would not say. Visit Cofield's Corner on LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.